This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about something called the Great Resignation and how that might affect your career plans, but also could potentially trigger an early retirement for you. So what does that mean, this great resignation? Well, the great resignation was a a term that was recently coined by a gentleman named Anthony Klotz, and he's a Texas A&M University associate management professor, and he was talking about this on Bloomberg Business Week, and the phrase really has kind of taken off, and there's lots of articles about the great resignation out there right now. Basically, what he's saying is that when they're studying trends across the United States, they're predicting that people who decided not to uh, retire or resign from their jobs before the pandemic due to so much economic uncertainty are really getting ready to pull that trigger and quit their jobs. And on top of that, the Wall Street Journal has reported that more U.S. workers are quitting their jobs right now than at any time in the last 20 years. So what's that all about? (laughs) What does that mean and why is that happening? Well, there has been some studies that have been done. And one of them that I think is kind of interesting is that even before the pandemic, 66% of employees, according to a Microsoft study, were disengaged at work and likely to be unhappy in their careers. 66%, that's a huge number. So I guess it's pretty understandable why people might not wanna jump right back into that lifestyle when they have potentially had a break or a big change in the way that lifestyle has looked in the last year and a half. So while some people might wanna quit their jobs for something better, only a small percentage of people are really actually courageous enough to do that and to take that big leap. Another study by Microsoft found that 41% of the global workforce, so not just United States, but global, would consider leaving their employer in the next year. So why is there so much discontent out there in the world in terms of jobs, careers, and potential retirement planning? Well, the great resignation is really propelled by about three different forces. The first one is changing generations. So we're seeing people who are aging out of the workforce and we're seeing the next generation come up into the workforce. There are very, very different viewpoints about work and work ethic between the generation that's leaving the workforce and the generation that's coming into the workforce very big gap between how people feel about work ethic. I think you all listening to this, if you're in that closer to that exiting the workforce type of area, you're probably chuckling to yourself because you know what I'm talking about with these millennials. (laughs) Okay, that changing generation definitely has an effect on this. The second thing is this economic crisis that we've had with the pandemic. And that's an obvious thing life has changed, economies has changed. Um, This has been the biggest single uh, situation that's created global change in my lifetime and I think in many people's lifetimes. The third 
catalyst that's really propelling the great resignation is the realization that people have found that they can have a different type of social contract out there where they can spend more time with their families, they can work remote, and they can skip the commute. Listen, it's worked for the last year and a half, roughly, and so there's a lot of people and a lot of companies that are saying, hmm, I wonder if this is something that could work long term. Now, who knows what the future of that's going to look like. There are some companies that are requiring people to return to the office. There are some people, companies that are allowing people, all of their people, to stay home and work remotely. And there are some companies that are creating a hybrid role where it's a little bit of the best of both worlds. You get the benefits of sometimes being in the office and you get the benefits of sometimes being working at home. Now, not all jobs are like that, not all companies are like that, and that's an obvious thing. But the bottom line is this experience with so many people working remotely that have never had an opportunity to work remotely before has changed the landscape about what employees feel is something they're willing to do in their job. So consider some of these examples about why the great resignation is something that is causing change. So think about somebody like a cruise ship worker and that industry was shut down. They've had to pivot their career to do something completely different. There's a great example I read about where an insurance broker and their spouse who was a restaurant manager both left their jobs to start a landscaping company. And they really had a strong realization during the pandemic that they wanted to spend more time working outside. They were loving that back to nature feel, loving that time outside. And they're not going back to their insurance role and their restaurant role. They're on a new path. Some people are quitting because their bosses aren't going to let them work at home post pandemic. Others are leaving because they miss the office and their companies aren't going back to work. Um, and some people are just saying, I don't want that commute anymore. To take two hours of my day out of my life just to travel back and forth to somewhere to work is no longer the experience that I want. So I think, I think it's true also that in many companies when people do go back to work, it's not quite the same as it was before the pandemic and it might not be as enjoyable or just have a completely different dynamic. So why why am I talking about this? Why are we talking about this great resignation on a money guide show? Well, if people are going to be changing careers, resigning from jobs that they have, and potentially triggering retirement at an earlier time, there's a whole lot of financial decisions that go into those things. And I want to talk about some of the impact of those. So let's first talk a little bit about how this great resignation really might impact something that's a large asset for many people, which is your 401k. Now, when you change jobs, you have an opportunity to make a choice with your 401k about what to do. And everybody has the same four choices. These four choices are that you can leave it where it is if it's a large enough balance, meaning over $5,000, you can roll it to your new employer's plan if they offer one. You can roll it to an IRA and you can cash it out and pay any taxes or early penalties if it's applicable to you. So those are the four options. Now, each of those options really does have pro and cons to them. 
There is no one option that is absolutely right for every single person. And so each, each person, each individual has to make a decision based on what's the best for their personal situation. If you don't know what the best option is, that's where you might want to get a financial advisor involved. But the bottom line is that everything has pros and cons to it, and you really have to understand the impact of your decision in order to make a good one. Education about your 401k options is really paramount when you're trying to figure out what to do in this great resignation career change. For some people, you might have a 401k from a couple jobs ago still floating around out there, and now you might be pondering the change again, and you'll have multiple 401ks out there. Is that the right strategy for you? I don't know, but again, it's an individual decision. So let's talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but some of the pros and cons associated with those different options. All right. If you're going to leave your money with your current employer plan, generally speaking, most company plans allow you to do that if you have at least $5,000 in the plan. A lot of them have provisions that if you have less than $1,000, they can cash you out. So be aware that that's a possibility. Some of them have provisions if it's between one dollars and $5,000 that they can push you to an IRA within their plan and so that they don't continue to have the fiduciary liability for your account as part of the plan. But if it's over $5,000, you may be able to leave your money with that employer plan. So the question is, should you? Now, one of the benefits of an employer plan and leaving it there is it's easy. <laughs> you don't actually have to do anything. So this for sure is the path of least resistance. But is the path of least resistance really the best financial decision? Maybe or maybe not. Again, it, it bears some evaluation. What you want to decide when you're looking at do you leave your money in your current plan or do you roll it out has to do with the choices available in the plan the expenses within the plan, and if there are any other benefits that may or may not be effective for you when it comes to your 401k plan. One of the cons of a 401k plan is usually there's a limited number of choices. And so if those limited number of choices are great options, fantastic, you don't really necessarily have an issue. But if within the limited number of choices, there's not a significant number of really good investment options, that may push you to think about doing something differently. Now, 401k plans have internal expenses within them, and so you do have to evaluate, does it make sense to leave it there and continue to subsidize a prior employer plan with their expense loads with your money, or does it make sense to do something different with it? So lots of things to consider there. The next thing is in terms of rolling it to a new employer plan. Sometimes you're allowed to do that. Sometimes your new employer doesn't have one. So that option may or may not actually be available for you. It's something to dig into, something to look at and to see if it's an option. And then really you have to look at the same two things that I just said about what are the investment choices and what are the expenses. Does it make sense to take money that's already yours and roll it into your new employer plan and, and subsidize their plan's expense loads. So you do want to be looking at those factors for both of those options. And the fourth option I talked about was cashing it out and cashing it out can have taxes due, 
Now, some of your money may be pre-tax, it would have taxes due. Some of your money may be post-tax, might be Roth 401k money. And you may not realize all of the tax benefits of that if you cash it out at too young of an age. So you have to be aware of the tax implications of it. But there's also something called a premature penalty. So your retirement money is designed to be left alone until you're 59 and a half. When you are 59 and a half, you can take that money out and pay taxes, but no 10% premature distribution penalty. So you have to take into account your age. If you're changing jobs and you're young and you cash it out, you're not gonna only have taxes, but you're gonna have that 10% penalty. And boy, that can eat up close to half of your actual 401k if you're in a high tax bracket. So be really aware of how those two things impact you. The last option is to roll it to an IRA. And for rolling it to an IRA, that may be a good option for you if you're looking for a potentially expanded array of investment vehicles. However, individual investments may carry a higher expense load than what your 401k does. So again, you're back to what are the investment choices and what are the expenses within it? What makes the most sense for you? So lots of complexity in that decision, and that's why it really might be important for you to talk to an advisor if you're faced with that decision. Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists, Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and Forbes Top Women in Wealth for four years running. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about this concept called the Great Resignation, where there is this prediction of a trend happening out there where people are likely to change careers, quit their jobs, or trigger an early retirement. So we were just talking about how that might affect your decisions with your 401k. Now I wanna just share with you a little bit of a quirky little provision in the tax code that really might actually create a benefit for you in terms of retiring early. So I had said earlier that your retirement money is designed to be left alone until you're 59 and a half. And if you wait to take retirement money out till after age 59 and a half, you'll have taxes, but you won't have this additional 10% early distribution penalty. Okay, there's a quirky little provision in there that says if you leave employment between the ages of 55 and 59 and a half, and you take income directly from the 401k plan itself, then you will have to pay taxes but can avoid that premature distribution penalty. But you have to leave the employer age 55 and older. So here's the thing with this is it, it opens up some options. And I guess that's the most important thing when I look at somebody's situation is what are your options? Let's say that you're 57 and you really are wanting to retire early, but you know that you have this premature penalty at age before age 50, 59 and a half. So if you retire early, and you withdraw money from your 401k to live on, you can avoid that penalty. But if you roll your 401k to an IRA and try to take the money out at age 57, you will have the penalty. 
So the whole key here to this is you have to take it directly from the employer that you terminated your service with at age 55 or older for this to actually work. So that is something that might speak to people out there listening who are a little bit younger than 59 and a half but are wanting to think about retiring earlier as part of this great resignation. Okay, what are the other things that you should be thinking about if you're planning on retiring early or you're deciding, you know what, this pandemic's over, life is too short, I'm gonna pull this retirement trigger, I'm doing it now, I don't wanna go back to work, I don't wanna have another two hour commute in my day, I'm done, but I'm done a little sooner than I expected. So. What does that mean for you? If you're accelerating your retirement plans, keep in mind that 401k piece that I just talked about. But also, this is a really important time to get a financial plan done. What you really need to understand if you are going to retire early is, do you have the assets to support the lifestyle that you wanna live? That is people's number one concern when they come in and talk to us is, do I have enough money to retire? All right, well, that's what forecasting in a financial plan does. It helps you understand the probability of whether or not your assets are gonna last as long as you do. So it's really important to get that kind of financial planning done. Another thing that you might wanna consider is whether or not it makes sense to consolidate some accounts. So usually by the time somebody gets to our office, they have multiple accounts scattered around that they've built wealth in throughout their lives. It's something that we see very often, and these accounts made sense at the time, but they might not make cohesive sense anymore, and they also might not be set up in the best way to actually create an income plan for retirement rather than just be wealth building vehicles. There is a very, very different art to creating income from your retirement assets in an effective way versus just building and growing wealth. Different skill set from an advisor standpoint. So when you think about your accounts out there, do you need to consolidate some? Like I said earlier, do you have multiple old 401ks out there that maybe you should consider consolidating? Do you have multiple accounts that you used to know the advisor or your family member used to be an advisor or what have you? There's loads of different reasons to think about you know, why you might have different accounts out there, but does it make sense to consolidate and does it make sense to make them more effective in terms of how you're actually setting up things for your income plan? Income plans are something that we think are very important, but so are bucket plans. The bucket plan concept is something that if you're considering early retirement especially, we would highly recommend that you put into place. The bucket plan concept suggests that there's a now bucket, a soon bucket, and a later bucket, and that it's important to align your money from a risk level, but also from a purpose and time of use level. So the now bucket is all about money that you're intending to spend in the next year or so. The soon bucket is money that you're intending to spend sooner rather than later, so the next 10 years. And the later bucket is generally for money that's gonna be 10 years or more until you're ready to spend it. And we would suggest that those different buckets probably have different risk levels that are appropriate for it, and because of that, they may have different investment vehicles that are more appropriate for that. So setting your money up inside a bucket plan in a thoughtful and meaningful way can help things be 
created for you in terms of a more effective income stream. Another thing you're going to want to do if you're thinking about retiring early is consider your emotional readiness. So really be thinking about what is your day-to-day -day life going to look like if you pull the trigger on retirement. Sometimes this is easier said than done. Sometimes there's a big honeydew list for you when you retire and there's loads of projects that you want to get done. But six months or a year in, that list is completed, you're done with your projects, and now you're sitting around saying, huh, what do I do now? On the flip side of that, some people say to us, I'm so busy, I don't know how I had time to work before. <laughs> you don't know exactly what your life is gonna look like after you actually retire. So that's why it's important to do that preparation, to do that emotional readiness work to make sure you understand what your day-to-day -day life is going to look like and how are you going to spend your time. Another thing from an emotional readiness standpoint that we often see is that people who are married need to have some really significant discussions about what life is going to look like after somebody's done working. If you've had a spouse that hasn't been working and you have a spouse retire, that retiring spouse can really upset the apple cart of the spouse that's already been at home. They have their routines, they have their time set up, they know what they're doing with their, with their emotional readiness, and that retiring spouse can come in and really upset that balance. So you may need to kind of renegotiate the contract with your spouse so that a newly retired spouse isn't bugging somebody <laughs> who's been home for a while. It's a unique dynamic when you start spending way more time than you ever have before with your spouse or with the person that you love. The last thing I wanna just mention when it comes to pulling that trigger early for retirement is make sure that you look into the health insurance related aspects of it. Now, there are a lot of things out there right now with the uh, COBRA insurance, meaning continuing coverage from your group for a period of time. There's a lot of things that are pandemic related, re related to being able to access insurance a little bit differently right now. But bear in mind, you're gonna have to try to figure out how you bridge the gap between when you pull the retirement trigger and when you're eligible for Medicare, which right now is at age 65. So it's important to have that coverage. If you have to pay for that coverage yourself, we recommend that you expect and budget for at least $1,000 a month per person for health insurance leading up to that Medicare age. It's expensive, but if you have the wealth built, if you have the assets built, look at that as potentially kind of buying your freedom back. So you have to pay for health care, but you don't have to work anymore. <laughs> so it's, is that a good trade-off for you? And that's what you have to look at. All right, so those are some of the things that are important to pay attention to if this concept of the great resignation is appealing to you. If you're ready to call it quits, if you're ready to pull that retirement trigger, or if you're ready to just have a career change. But it'll be interesting to see how things play out over the next six months as people come out of the pandemic and what kind of job shifts and changes and retirement decisions people make as this happens. So thanks for listening today to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. 
Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.